Bill, here's a fun fact for you. Oh, I love a fun fact. Liz Cheney was born in Madison. Did you know that? I had no idea. Yeah, I learned this back in the year 2000. In the year 2000. Back in 2000, a guy named Dick Cheney. I've heard of him. He shot a guy in the face once. But that wasn't in Wisconsin. That wasn't in Wisconsin. I think it was Bobby Knight who shot somebody while hunting in Wisconsin. Oh, okay. Indiana college basketball coach. Who throws chairs. Dick Cheney was in Sun Prairie back in 2000. I am really dating myself here, aren't I? You are. He was running as a candidate for vice president, and I actually got to interview him, and he talked about his time in Madison. He got here in 1966. And, Phil, just like you, you and Dick Cheney have something in common, I got a feeling. Ooh, but I have never shot anybody in the face. (laughs) He and Lynn Cheney were graduate students at UW. Ooh. They lived at Eagle Heights. Okay. And after Liz was born, this is according to my article from October 14th, 2000 in the Wisconsin State Journal. So it must be a true fact. I didn't make the front page with this. It says 1B. So oh, I, I made like the local section cover maybe. It says the couple enjoyed taking their newborn daughter to feed the ducks along Lake Mendota. Oh. You've probably done that. Uh, Maybe. All right. Well, maybe you don't have anything in common with him. But Liz Cheney, of course, was just sacked as the number three leader in the U.S. House. We're expecting New York Congresswoman Elise Stefanik to take her place. And she has some Wisconsin connections, too, one of which is upsetting. We're going to talk about it on today's Center Stage with Milford and Hands, the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics. I'm Scott Milford. I'm the editorial page editor for the newspaper. I'm Phil Hands. I'm the editorial cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. We are half of the Wisconsin State Journal editorial board. The less shot in the face half. ever gone hunting, Phil? No, no. I've never been hunting either. I fired a gun once or twice. I was a surprisingly good shot considering that I have no skills towards it. But I am not a good shot. My hunting experience is confined to shooting beer cans at a friend's farmhouse in high school. Well, you didn't want to hurt the beer. <laughs> We didn't have any beer. I wish we were cool enough to have beer. We were shooting empty cans that I guess his dad drank. Oh, geez. Okay. So here we are. Liz Cheney was just removed as the number three leader in the House because she will not bow down to Donald Trump any longer. She refuses to buy into the big lie that the election was stolen from Donald Trump and there was massive voter fraud and that Joe Biden is an illegitimate president. Apparently, that sort of perspective of not lying is not welcome in the Republican Party anymore. Even though Liz Cheney is about as conservative as you get, and the woman who apparently is going to replace her, Representative Stefanik, is, or at least has been, a moderate, there's a couple big connections here to Wisconsin. One is her history in politics runs through Paul Ryan, former Speaker of the House from Janesville. And also, she was one of the people who objected to Wisconsin's electoral college votes. She didn't officially do it after the Capitol insurrection on January 6th, but she was prepared to. And in her speech, she dissed Wisconsin's vote, along with three other states, and she voted. This is after the people stormed the Capitol and it was cleared. She she was one of the people, along with Scott Fitzgerald and Tom Tiffany from Wisconsin, who we subsequently urged to resign because of this, she, along with them, 
voted not to certify that Joe Biden was president. Yeah, which is pretty ridiculous and undemocratic and worthy of resignation. So she should, you know, if she was a honorable person that had integrity, she would have stepped down from Congress. Instead, for her lack of integrity, she's been promoted to the number three, three person in the House. But let's talk about Stefanik's Wisconsin roots, so to speak, and then her objection to our vote for president. I have a clip Oh, play the clip. This is from 2018. Which feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> yeah, less than three years ago this was. On CBS, John Dickerson was interviewing Paul Ryan. Seated next to him is Elise Stefanik, and here's what they said. President Trump faces criticism for his remarks following the dismissal of adult film star Stormy Daniels' defamation lawsuit. President Trump called her a horse face on Twitter. I asked Speaker Ryan about that comment. How do you attract more women to the Republican Party when the president, who's the leader of the party, refers to a woman, he, a former porn star with whom he yeah. allegedly had a, an affair, as horse face? Well, there's no place for that. There's no place for any kind of, there's no place for that kind of language. That sh- he should not have said that. Um, but to answer your question, uh, how do we attract more women? We asked Elise to do recruitment for us. This is the future of the Republican Party, the future of our country. People like Elise. Right. Congresswoman Stefanik, you're not only the kind of person that Republicans want to have in office, you're also the kind of voter that they're trying to attract. How do you read uh, calling someone horseface from the president of the United States? I think it's unacceptable. Uh, I disagree with the rhetoric. Uh, I've disagreed with the president's rhetoric uh, numerous times when it comes to how he addresses women. Uh, but as I'm going door to door in my district right now, voters are really paying attention to both male and female voters, the record of results and keeping your promises and growing the economy. Paul Ryan she says, inspired her to run for office. She actually worked for Paul Ryan when he was running himself for vice president. Oh, yeah. Not unlike Dick Cheney a couple decades earlier. But back in 2012, when Paul Ryan was on the Republican ticket as vice president, she was a campaign advisor to Paul Ryan. Apparently, she helped him prepare for the debate. Remember the debate? Do you remember who he debated? Yeah, Joe Biden. Joe Biden. I remember, I remember doing a cartoon about it, actually, and I had Paul Ryan thinking of all the things he needed to say on this national debate stage, yeah. and all Joe Biden had to do was not say anything stupid. <laughs> and, he, and that's fine. That's all, and then that's all win. Joe Biden ever has to do is not say anything horribly <laughs> stupid. Well, Paul Ryan in, in that clip, which was interesting, was, you know, you forget all the things that Donald Trump says. Do you remember he called Stormy Daniels horse face? Donald Trump called Stormy Daniels a horse face. A horse face, yeah. You that's don't the, even that's, remember that. That's the adult film actress that he had yes. an affair with. And who came to the strip club here just uh, on the west side of Madison. Oh, yeah. That very classy joint. <laughs> so they have to ask about the horse face, and neither one of them liked that comment. But as Paul Ryan said, Elise Stefanik was the future of the Republican Party. And he was absolutely <laughs> right. I don't think he envisioned it this way. No, no. I didn't think he he thought that Elise Stefanik was going to lose her moral compass and do whatever Trump told her to do. He probably envisioned it that, you know, around the year 2021, I'll still be Speaker of the House, we'll have a bigger majority, and maybe Elise will be my number three. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? It'd be a better world if, if Paul Ryan was still Speaker of the House and the Republican Party wasn't insane. 
Yeah, he was chased out, essentially. I mean, he resigned uh, as speaker. Was it in disgrace or was it not in disgrace? Uh, I think he's just had enough of Trump and didn't have any fight left in him and had just enough integrity to not play along anymore. But back then, she was the youngest woman ever elected to Congress. Elected as a moderate. She voted against Trump's big tax cut. She's voted for gay rights. She's from the North Country, she calls it. Yeah. You know, I always thought... The Bob Dylan song, Girl from the North Country, I always thought that was about Minnesota. (laughs) I didn't realize it was about northern New York, York. where I guess he was hanging out with the band, right? I mean, you know this stuff better than I do. So You know that I was born in upstate New York. I think I did know that, yeah, Yeah, because your folks went to Syracuse. You were like Liz Cheney. Were you born on campus there in Syracuse? Uh, No, not not really. I keep thinking you have so much in common with the Cheneys, but you don't. (laughs) Anyway, I don't think she's the girl from the North Country that Dylan was singing about, but she's from the North Country, was very moderate. Her seat swings to Trump. When she was elected in 2014, her district went for Obama twice and then swung to Trump. So it made sense back when she was representing a district that was gone for Obama. It was made sense to be a moderate. But I think that district is now Trumpier. That's right. Let's play the clip of what she said about Wisconsin on the floor. January 6th, keep in mind, this is after she had to put on a gas mask. She had to crouch down on the floor. She had to be led out of the chambers under police protection with guns drawn. Yeah, a woman had been shot and killed in the Capitol building. Police officers were in the hospital after battling with rioters. Even Ron Johnson, at the end, decided not to vote against the certification of various states, including Pennsylvania was the one that she voted against. Yeah. After they cleared the Capitol and brought people back to make Joe Biden the official president, certify his election... After all of that, she still wanted to vote against Wisconsin's electors. Here's what she said. In Pennsylvania, the state Supreme Court and Secretary of State unilaterally and unconstitutionally rewrote election law, eliminating signature matching requirements. In Georgia, there was constitutional overreach when the Secretary of State unilaterally and unconstitutionally gutted signature matching for absentee ballots and in essence, eliminated voter verification required by state election law. In Wisconsin, officials issued illegal rules to circumvent a state law passed by the legislature as the Constitution requires that required absentee voters to provide photo identification before obtaining a ballot. And in Michigan, signed affidavits document numerous unconstitutional irregularities. Actually, our court system did not agree with her. The election was fair, and Trump lost in Wisconsin, in Michigan, in Pennsylvania, and in Georgia. But how about her reference there to Wisconsin? This is in reference to provisions to allow indefinitely confined voters to vote without a photo ID. Several clerks across the state in various counties decided that the COVID pandemic was a good enough reason to allow people to be indefinitely confined. And I think there was a pretty large uptick in voters who were indefinitely confined claiming so, and then requesting absentee ballots without photo IDs. Yes, 
But prior to her speech here, the Wisconsin Supreme Court disagreed with her assessment. According to our December 15th report by ace political reporter Riley Vetterkin, the justices dismissed Trump's claims challenging absentee ballots cast by voters who self-identified as indefinitely confined. The campaign suggested many of those voters were just using it as an excuse to not provide a photo ID, not to just avoid going to the polls during a pandemic. The justices found those claims lacked evidence. Yep. Also, 80% of the voters who registered as indefinitely confined to get on the ballot last fall had previously provided a photo ID, according to the Wisconsin Elections Commission. Two-thirds of them also were over 65 years old. So what was going on here was older folks were being careful because of COVID-19. It wasn't election fraud. And court after court, including Republican-controlled courts and Republican-appointed judges, rejected the Trump campaign's false claims about the election being stolen. Yet Stefanik, to this day, continues to play along with Trump's fallacies and fantasies. Yeah, I mean, after the election, Trump's legal team threw a whole bunch of frivolous lawsuit ideas at the courts hoping something would stick. And nothing did. Although in Wisconsin, it was closer than it should have been. There were three justices ready to throw out hundreds of thousands of votes. And luckily, there were four justices saying, no, these, you know, this election was fair and, and valid. I will say just one note on the 2020 election. I saw it coming that if Trump lost, they were going to challenge all sorts of stuff. And I don't know why local clerks decided to monkey with rules and give them opportunities to challenge things, even if it was frivolous and silly. Like, you know, the democracy in the park that Dane County did was just a dumb thing to do because you're just inviting, you know, legal challenges from the right. And these are people, I mean, the Republicans are proving that they don't respect democracy or think it's a good thing that people vote, why would you open the door to that? They did one of those at Quaker Park, and I had my absentee ballot. I could have walked it down there and handed it to them, but I didn't because I was like, I actually want my vote to count. What if this gets thrown out? Exactly. I dropped my ballot off in person at the city clerk's office downtown Madison because I wanted to make sure that it counted because I don't trust the Republicans, including the conservatives on our Supreme Court, to make sure votes are sacred. Here in Madison, they'll bend over backwards to get every ballot in, even if it's going to prompt challenges. And then on the other side, they're going to go after it in court. and bend over backwards because the Democrats just did that with ballots here. We want to be clear, even though I think it was dumb to sort of monkey with these rules, nothing was illegal, nothing nothing was wrong. And anybody who says that the election was fraudulent or invalid is full of BS because our election was fair, secure, safe. The people in Congress who are making these claims, they know it's all BS, but the only person who doesn't know it's BS is Trump. Yeah. I mean, yesterday, House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy said no one's questioning the legitimacy of the election. Oh, yeah. He said to reporters, and everyone's like, Hello, Donald Trump just put out a release. He can't tweet anymore, but he puts out these uh, sort of press releases that read, by the way, exactly like his tweets. He's just not limited to 280 words. So he's more verbose. (laughs) But anyway, when you listen to Stefanik back in the day when she first won election, when Paul Ryan was helping her win election, she credited Paul Ryan in, in a lot of different ways. She was a Ryanite. Yeah, which is now a dirty word. I mean, Yeah, you know, she sounds like, wow, this sounds like one of the reasonable Republicans that 
normally our editorial board would like. But now there's hardly any Republicans like that left. No. I mean, even the most reasonable Republican in Wisconsin's delegation, Mike Gallagher, who we have agreed with on lots of lots of issues, and we would probably endorse him if we endorsed in that race. Even he voted against Liz Cheney this time around. Yeah. You can be a Republican and you can deny the big lie, but Liz Cheney didn't massage the issue, right? She didn't She didn't yeah. try and figure out how to make everybody get along. Yeah. Nowadays, you either have to accept a big lie or you need to shut up about it when Trump spouts about it. Yeah. And she was unwilling to do that. And she wasn't going to shut up when reporters came to her and asked her about it. So what do you think happens here, Phil, now with uh, our our native daughter, Liz Cheney? <laughs> Berkeley Madison's claiming her now? <laughs> What's the future here, do you think, with Liz Cheney, with Elise Stefanik, and even uh, Paul Ryan, who, by the way, got a boo last week at the Villages in Florida, the giant retirement community, when a couple of the most extreme Republicans were down there. They ticked off his name and everybody booed him. I mean, where is the Republican go- Party going here? I think Paul Ryan is done with the party until Trump's no longer part of the party. I, may- I mean, he's still young enough where he could decide to come back. Maybe he runs for Wisconsin office or something like that, governor. But I think he's done with politics as long as it's the party of Trump. And he'll just make a lot of money in the private sector, which he's very capable of doing. He was on the board for Fox, which, of course, now we know is an incredibly liberal network that is so unfair to Donald Trump. I was listening to a report on public radio this morning from a reporter in Wyoming who thinks that Liz Cheney, while she's probably going to win her House seat again in in a year— Because there's like five or six people running in the Republican primary against her, and they're going to split the vote of who can be the Trumpiest. And there's still Republicans who respect truth and honor and decency and, and conservative values. And Liz Cheney might very well get those votes. And it's an open primary, and Democrats might vote for her in an open primary, too, because she'll keep giving it to Trump. Maybe uh, she forms sort of a, a wing of the Republican Party that respects conservative values and the rule of law and decency, which will be a very small wing of the Republican Party. Yeah, they should start a uh, No More Trump caucus. They'd have about two people right now, Cheney and a uh, guy from Illinois. Yeah, Adam Kinziger, uh, you know, maybe the, the No Lies conference or the yeah. Honesty conference or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I like that. I think Elise Stefanik is a rising star in this new Republican Party, which is a party that does not believe in facts and democracy and and governing, actually. They have no interest in, in getting stuff done. It's all about getting on Fox News and, you know, their press office is bigger than their policy offices in a lot of these congressional offices. But Liz Cheney had a pretty sharp warning to them where she said, Those who refuse to accept the rulings of our courts are at war with the Constitution. Our duty is clear. Every one of us who has sworn the oath must act to prevent the unraveling of our democracy. This is not about policy. This is not about partisanship. This is about our duty as Americans. Remaining silent and ignoring the lie emboldens the liar. I will not participate in that. I will not sit back and watch in silence while others lead our party down a path that abandons the rule of law and joins the former president's crusade to undermine our democracy. The legacy of people, and she didn't name them, but it was clearly McCarthy and her replacement and others, 
people like Scott Fitzgerald in Wisconsin and Tom Tiffany in Wisconsin, and maybe in the end, every elected Republican in Wisconsin, if they keep shilling to Trump, no matter what, is that that's going to be their legacy, cowering servitude to Trump. Democrats underestimate how popular Trump is, but Republicans really fail to accurately understand how unpopular he is. He only ever had 42% approval ratings when he was president. His highest approval ratings have been on election days. And the demographics in this country are changing. And old white people that like Donald Trump are dying, and they're being replaced by younger, more diverse voters who are really inclined not to like the lies that come out of the Republican Party. If they go down this path, and people like Liz Cheney and Mitt Romney and Adam Kinzinger still stick up for truth and honesty, and they break and they splinter the Republican Party. It could be a perpetually minority party going forward. Now, I've said this before, and I've been wrong before about this, but it very well could be that this is the end of the Republican Party being a relevant political party. Although four years after Watergate, after Democrats were ruling and it was going to be the end of the Republican Party, guess who was elected? Ronald Reagan. (laughs) So you never know. Phil, let me try one more time to find something in common with you and Dick Cheney. Okay. This, again, is from my article in 2000. He came here in Madison. He said he barely made it. He was driving in a small Volkswagen. Ooh, I had a Volkswagen. Oh, see? We got it. He was driving in a small Volkswagen from Wyoming, and he claimed... It was a dead of winter, and it got so cold that the steering wheel on the Volkswagen froze in Iowa, and that they had to wait in a garage for hours until the car thawed. Wow. (laughs) I don't know if I believe that. Yeah, that sounds like something you say on the campaign trail. Our theme music is by Tube Tester.